0: If you deal with anxiety and you've been holding off on getting the Safe Empowerment System for Anxiety, head over to QuietBegins.com and use the promo code SAVENOW20 when you're checking out. That'll give you a big discount of 20% off the whole product. SAVENOW20 over at QuietBegins.com, the Safe Empowerment System for Anxiety. Life presents the toughest challenges. Every day you are faced with decisions that test your ability to express who you really want to be in this world. We're told to keep saying affirmations and keep thinking positively, but what do you do when that stuff doesn't work? Welcome to the Overwhelmed Brain, where you'll learn to make decisions that are right for you so that you can create the life you want now. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Paul Coliani and I'm here to help you increase your emotional intelligence so that you can avoid dysfunction, handle toxic situations with grace and ease, and show up as your authentic self. Everything I talk about on this show is my personal opinion and it's meant for informational and educational purposes only. Always consult a medical or psychological professional before making any changes that could affect your physical or mental health. Well, I hope you're surviving the holidays if you're celebrating the holidays, and uh, if you're listening to this when it comes out. If you're not, and it's the middle of June, um, then I hope you survive that too. (laughs) I want you to get through anything that comes your way. That's why I created this show to teach you what I've learned over the years, not only personally through my own history, through my own semi traumatic past, through my own failures in my relationships and of course everything I've learned and I think a lot of us would do that is once we failed at something we want to learn how not to fail at it again so we learn everything we can about it it's similar but not so much in a way where uh, I would compare apples to apples here uh, to when someone gets uh, a disease and they are battling the disease so what they do is they want to learn everything about that disease Because the more you know, the more prepared you are, and the more you can prepare for the future, the more you can figure out maybe there's something else that you can do to battle this disease or heal yourself or whatever it takes to get through it. And plus, when you do your research, you realize, oh, I'm not so alone in this because the people who are experiencing what I'm experiencing have gone through it too, and now I don't feel so isolated and alone. And I think this works with emotional stuff too. You know, this is the emotional intelligence show. So what do we do? We try to increase our levels of emotional intelligence. And what does that mean? That means a lot of things, but emotionally, it's nice to be prepared for what can happen and what will probably happen and uh, how we handle ourselves and others when we are emotionally triggered. Or challenged? When something big happens in our life, how do we handle it? What do we do next? And how do we handle it without losing our stuff? You know, I want to swear there, but losing our stuff. How do we handle it without going out of control or becoming crazy? I think the key to not becoming crazy when challenging things come along is to become more intelligent. It is to study and practice and learn everything you can about what you're going through. Uh, so when you think about celebrities, for example, who get a disease or something you know, you know, awful happens to them, and then they go on a crusade learning all they can about that thing, and then they share it with the world, and sometimes they open charities, and sometimes they come up with donations for people that are studying the same thing like how to fight cancer and how to fight lupus and Lou Gehrig's disease and all these diseases, I think the same thought should go inside your own personal growth and evolution as far as your mental health. And it may be not that extreme. I don't think it's extreme, but maybe you don't have to have it so amplified that it takes up all your time. But like me, when someone broke up with me in my past, I would feel a certain way and the obvious observation is well you feel a certain way because they broke up with you so it hurts but that's not enough i i don't think it's enough to just say well it hurts and it's obvious why it hurts in fact i hate that answer i really do because i want to know why it hurts why does it hurt why does it hurt when someone breaks up with us i don't know i mean i didn't know at the time but what I did when I didn't know was try to figure out why it hurts. Do you realize this is the key to happiness? I mean, <laughs> okay, don't quote me on that. I just think that there is a huge step in your mental health when you can figure out why something hurts. It doesn't mean it won't hurt and it doesn't mean you won't experience it again, but it can be a huge step forward. When you find out the origin of the pain, you know, mentally or emotionally speaking. And what I mean by that is that what I did was do a lot of reflection, a lot of introspection, and then a lot of work, a lot of studying and learning and understanding human behavior and psychology, trying to figure out why certain things hurt. Why does this emotion feel bad? And What I've learned over the years, and that's why I'm here trying to pass on what I've learned so you don't have to do all that work when you're busy doing other work, is that life is more than just the observation of the obvious. (laughs) What I mean by that is when you look at someone that is feeling hurt or pain, they're suffering in some way, it's more than just the obvious. The obvious might be, well, of course they're in pain. So-and-so died. That's obvious. I mean, we all know the obvious. What's not so obvious is why are they feeling pain? And somebody might be listening right now and say, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard because they're feeling pain because there's a loss. And I understand that too. Well, of course, you're going to miss that person. That's obvious as well. So, you know, I'm not trying to be insensitive about this. I'm just trying to help you critically think about suffering and pain In your own life just like the celebrity who gets a disease who opens a charity who donates millions to that charity just to further research the disease they learn everything they can about what they have and I think that kind of motivation and enthusiasm to learn everything you can about what you're going through helps you get through it and helps you realize that Maybe you're looking not necessarily in the right place. So what I mean by that is when you experience, for example, in this case, loss, the loss of someone in your life, the obvious observation is, you know, that person's not going to be in your life anymore. And that hurts. It feels painful. You know, I I haven't overcome this. this. The pain is real. So no matter how much you learn about it, the pain will be real because you will miss the person but I think going the extra step and asking yourself well why is there pain associated with that and then you start uncovering things about yourself in fact I like to ask myself questions when this happens so okay so and so died in fact I had a friend that died a few weeks ago she's a wonderful person and she touched so many lives and so many hearts so I definitely experienced the pain of loss but as I've gone through the years, learning to understand what loss is about for me, it has helped me deal with the loss. Watching this friend pass, almost literally watching this friend pass, unfortunately, but she's out of pain now, uh, watching her go uh, was painful to me. I was in the moment, it was visceral, and it was sad, and a, a lot of other people were around too, and it was all, we were all sad. And when she left, it was another sad moment and it was hurtful. It was painful of not knowing that we weren't going to ever see her again, at least as far as I know how life works. We're probably not going to run into each other in this existence again. But when the pain came and I dealt with it and because I understand it, the pain didn't have to last. But that doesn't mean I don't miss her. That doesn't mean I didn't love her. That doesn't mean that I don't want to have her back. It just means that the pain of the loss doesn't have to linger. And that's a better feeling than having it linger because I don't understand it and I'll always miss her and that pain will always be there. And I'm not saying there's no pain. There's still pain. If I sit with it, it's going to hurt. But it helps to understand why the pain is there. And to step into a place where I understand the pain so much that it's not necessarily about her at all. Even though she was part of it, part of my life, uh, her loss isn't necessarily what the pain is about. And this is what you start finding out when you explore the pain or the suffering even further. And so I know this is a sensitive topic and I don't necessarily want to diminish or invalidate or minimize any pain that you might be experiencing. That's not what this is about. This is just to help you understand yourself and to really connect with the pain at the deepest, most meaningful level. And what I mean by that is when you are experiencing emotional pain of any sort and you want to connect with practically the origin of that pain, You suddenly understand yourself, your suffering, and the world so much better. And so there's a lot of uh, unspoken things I'm talking about here. But what I'm trying to help you do is to be able to connect with the origin of your pain, of your suffering when it happens. And if you can connect with the origin, it'll give you a better perspective. It'll give you a bigger world view. Even if it's your own personal world, it will help you alleviate the linger, you know, the lingering pain. And when you can alleviate the lingering pain, you can move on because some people don't move on. Some people get stuck on the loss because they don't really connect with what's really going on. Or even if they know what's really going on, where the pain really comes from. Or at the deepest level, how it affects you, how it relates to you at the deepest level. Some people don't want to take action. They want to keep the pain. Well, subconsciously, maybe they want to keep the pain. As if saying that if I don't feel pain, then my relationship with the person that I lost is meaningless. Or I'm treating that person that I lost uh, as unimportant or insignificant because I have no pain. And I have to say this you don't have to hold on to pain and also experience loss. I mean, I don't want to tell you that you are going to be pain free, but I also want to make sure that you don't hold on to pain just because you think you have to. It shouldn't work that way. Pain is a message, it comes and it goes. It gives you the message so that you can do something with it. It doesn't give you the message and say, here, I want to play this message over and over again so that you suffer. I mean, you can hear my emphasis. I'm saying it on purpose because this might be the message that comes to you from your own head, from your own brain, where a message comes and says, I want you to feel this pain and I want you to continue to feel this pain every day from this point on. And I think that's an awful way to live. I don't think you should have to experience pain over and over. The same message over and over again. You shouldn't have to experience that repeatedly. I think pain is a great message. It comes and it should go. Now I'm not talking about physical pain. There are physical issues. You know, we talked about disease. You can hurt yourself, and that could be physically painful. I'm talking about the emotional pain. But should you have to put yourself through this true suffering? And the answer is no. You shouldn't have to put yourself through this true suffering. Now there is a caveat to this. If you are experiencing pain because you feel guilty about something you did and you know that something you did was wrong or not good in some way. Then what I want you to do is give your guilt an expiration date. Because every crime has time. Every crime has a time to help you heal, to help you learn and grow and evolve out of the person that you were that did that thing and Once you do learn and grow from who you were back then, and maybe you make amends or maybe you apologize and whether it's accepted or not, but you have changed, then you can let go of that pain. So the pain of guilt is something that yes, you might have to repeat a few times just to feel it so that you do heal from it. So that is my only exception with pain. There might be another one out there. I I can't think of it offhand, but I know that when you carry around guilt, it has to have an expiration date. It has to. Guilt is not allowed to last. Guilt is also a message. Guilt is saying, you did something, you feel bad for it, so now you need to do something else so that you can start feeling good inside yourself again now this is only valid guilt sometimes there's invalid guilt sometimes you do things that aren't wrong that aren't bad but somebody took it as bad and blamed you and then you feel guilty even though you did the right thing that's a different kind of guilt and probably for a different show but you need to make sure that your guilt is valid oh yeah i i messed up there's some valid guilt right i messed up i shouldn't have done that and i'm so sorry for what i did And I need to work on myself so I don't do that ever again. I don't have that kind of thought process that goes on ever again. So I might need to be reminded of this guilt pain until I feel really good that I've grown beyond it and I won't do it ever again. Because the guilt is allowed to go away. When you know in your heart that you would never, ever do that again, whatever you did, the guilt is allowed to go away then. You know in your heart that you would never, ever do it again, and you feel bad that you did it, and you feel bad about what you did to that other person. When that exists, the guilt is allowed to go away. So I'm just throwing that in there. That's the caveat, is that the emotional pain comes, and it's a message, and you do something with it, and you might have to feel it for a little bit. Um, I, I thought of another caveat, grieving. Grieving might need some time. You might need reminders. Of the grieving, So I was talking about loss, but grieving doesn't have to last either. The process of grieving involves several stages, but when it comes to like so you lost somebody yesterday, you might have to feel that pain for a few days or a few weeks or longer. Some people want to feel the pain longer, but this is what, what I'm talking about today is that you don't have to, you can choose to, I don't want to take that away from you. If you want to feel that pain and it's associated with all the memories and uh, the good times and there's you know things there, that's okay too. I don't want to take anything away that you're utilizing and it helps. But if it hurts all the time and you don't want it to hurt and you have that lingering pain, it's time to dig. It's time to explore. It's time to figure out what that pain really means. And so when we come back, I'm just going to give you some questions to help you explore that pain. I've done similar episodes in the past. It's sort of like, um, drilling down, I call it the drill down technique. So if you've been listening a while, you might hear some things that you've heard before, but I think those are important to go over again. And I'm going to add some new ones and that will help you connect at the deeper level so that you understand where the pain is originating, why you have it, and maybe even what you can do about it. Because once you know something, once you know the why it's helpful to know the what next. So the why that leads to the what next That's the bridge you might need to cross in order for the emotional pain to stop lingering. So this might be good information. If you're looking for something like this, stick around and we'll be right back and we'll talk about that after this. Welcome back. I'm going to give you some questions that you can ask yourself when it comes to any type of lingering emotional hurt that you might be carrying around uh, or you're grieving or you're still feeling the loss of a relationship or someone dying. Uh, These, as I was saying earlier, the pain that you feel, it's real and it is related and directly related to what has happened but it isn't necessarily the exact specific cause. It's the stimuli. It's what triggers the pain. But there's something inside you, in all of us, that we carry around with us that is ready to be triggered because we know the kind of loss that we're going to experience in our life because of what happened. And I like to look at it as whatever activates the fight or flight or freeze mechanism In your body or any negative physiological change in your body that's when you're getting closer to the source of the emotional pain and that's why I like to drill down into the pain I'm feeling to find out what was the specific impetus for that emotional trigger to activate and what I mean by that is if you smashed your thumb with a hammer for example the process of the hammer hitting the thumb, even though we could say that's what caused the pain, we can actually look deeper and say, well, the hammer hitting the thumb didn't necessarily cause the pain. Otherwise, it probably would have happened instantaneously. What really happened is the weight or the speed of the hammer that caused a crushing blow to the thumb hurts just thinking about it, (laughs) activated the nerve endings, the nerve endings sent a signal to the brain, and the brain interpreted that as something to avoid or not do again, and said, hey, this hurts, I'm going to cause you to feel pain. Now I know I'm messing up the science there, other people much smarter than me are yelling at their podcast players right now saying you got it all wrong, (laughs) but you get the point, there's a message that goes from the point of impact to the brain, and the brain signals there to be pain for protection for self-protection and to remind you never to do that again so you know i'm simplifying pain here but i believe that is one of the reasons we have pain to remind us to never do it again and i have also seen evidence that pain is a brain thing because you can be hypnotized before you go to the dentist and not feel the pain of a dentist work in your mouth if you can get through that through hypnosis then your mind can control the pain signals. So, like I said, there's science there that I'm not fully uh, injecting into my description here. But the whole point is, is there's a process in between the event and the pain, and that process works the same emotionally. So when someone leaves you, and you have this feeling that comes over you, and there's sad and loss and maybe anger and upset that isn't the direct correlation of cause and effect. The direct correlation will be that person left, which made me think, so there's one step in between the event and the pain, it made me think that I'm never going to see this person again, or I am afraid that I'll never see this person again, or something else that upsets the person thinking about this. And so that first step is the thought. And the next step might be, Well, if I don't see that person again, what am I going to do knowing that they're not coming back? And so there's a second thought, still not necessarily a direct correlation between the event and pain, but it's along the process, this chain of events that happens in between the original event and the pain. And so the next thought might be, if they're not there, I'm going to feel that sense of loss. And so that third thing gets closer to the pain, maybe a direct correlation, but still the question might be, well, why are you experiencing a sadness because of loss? And this is where you try to move beyond what's obvious. Well, what's obvious, they're not there, so I'll be sad. Yeah, but why are you sad? Why specifically? And so what I'm going to do before we dive into that too much, I'm going to give you a series of questions that you can ask yourself. So that you can dive into your own pain or lingering emotions that are still inside you. I'm going to give you these questions so that you can reflect and introspect. And everything I was talking about, when I would go through loss, I would reflect and introspect and learn as much as I can about what I was going through so that I understood it better and it helped me heal faster. Because I no longer held on to the idea that their loss means I'll be unhappy because By holding on to that idea, like if you said, I'll never be happy without them, you're holding on to such a surface level thought that really isn't directly connected to the pain. It is connected, but it's not connected to the pain. So if someone leaves you or dies, that event doesn't send the signals to your brain to feel pain. That event is the trigger for thoughts that trigger feelings and trigger other thoughts and trigger what you will lose in your life without that person which is all inside you. That doesn't make it easier. It just helps you be a better critical thinker about your emotions, not so that you don't experience them, but you experience them in a different way that helps you heal faster, which I think is important. So without further delay, I'm going to go over these questions that you can ask yourself when you are feeling emotional pain so that you can dive into it, get to the bottom of it, understand it, break it apart, just to get to a point where you can start feeling better inside. Some pain doesn't go away, I won't sugarcoat it, but it can decrease, it can lower in intensity, and you can live your life happier. I'm not saying you'll be the happiest person in the world, but you'll be happier than you were if you allow yourself to dive into this pain. So let me go over these questions and I'll give a brief explanation of each. Number one, ask yourself, what is this pain and or suffering about? I mean, I'll just call it pain from now on, but if you're suffering or in any type of emotional pain, ask yourself, what is this pain about? Then, when you get an answer, just ask yourself the next question, what else is it about? And what else? So, every time you get an answer, just ask yourself, what else? This starts to loosen up the belief that the pain has a single source, a single cause, and that can be helpful. I mean, eventually you'll find that it probably does have a single cause, but to be able to break it down like this helps you open that box that might be closed. In other words, open your mind a little bit to more. Because pain replays itself over and over again. At least the memory of what caused you pain replays itself. And so it has a heavy groove in there. The rut in your brain from that pain replaying itself, uh, it gets old. So in order to get out of that rut, we have to ask ourselves questions. and Or we don't have to, but we have to reflect and inflect and just dive in to go deeper. So number two is, would I feel the same type of pain in any other situation? So think of the situation that causes you pain and ask yourself, well, if it was with this person, what if it was this other person? Or instead of losing my job, what if I lost my house? Or what if I lost my car? Or what if I lost something else? And so picture yourself having these same experiences with different people or things. And what this will do will help you find if the emotional pain is generalized to a particular person or event or a thing, and if you'd feel the same pain if it was another person, event, or thing. And if so, it helps you understand that perhaps what you believe to be the cause for the pain may not actually be the specific cause for it. Again, this isn't to invalidate or minimize anything that you've gone through or are feeling now. It's just to help you explore it in ways that maybe you haven't. So let's go to number three. If I wasn't feeling this emotional pain, what would I be feeling instead? So if you weren't feeling that emotional pain, what would you be feeling instead? That might sound like a dumb or obvious question, but this will help you determine if there's another feeling, positive or negative, that you're trying to avoid. And that's important because if you say, well, if I wasn't feeling sadness, I'd probably feel angry. You might. You might have one emotion covering another so you don't have to feel the next one. Or if I wasn't feeling sadness, I might feel happy. And you may not like that either because if you're happy, then what does that mean? You don't really miss the person or you're not really suffering anymore. And if people don't see you suffering, they might ask you why. This is where you start to give yourself permission to feel other things. You may not be ready yet. The pain might still be too fresh. And if that's the case, then... Perhaps this process will be better off in a month or two, but giving yourself permission to explore this and break it apart and open the box so you can be more open-minded and maybe even take a step toward being free of any pain that you're holding on to is much better than continuing to hold on to it when you don't need to. All right, so that was number three. Number four is asking yourself, what is this emotional pain really about? Now, this gives you a chance to come up with the answer on your own. So, I could tell you about the example of the car crash. You know, I totaled my car and I'm really angry. And there were several steps to get to that anger that I was probably very subconscious of. I didn't know they were in there. I was just angry that I had a totaled car. And I knew that I'm going to have to buy another one or go through insurance. Yeah, there were other things associated with that. But why am I angry? So, I had a bunch of steps in between to get to that anger. So the question, what is this emotional pain really about? That gives you a chance to come up with the uh, deeper level answer on your own. And none of these questions are real showstoppers. They're just continuing to pick apart the tight grip on, again, the reality you believe to be true. So number five is, you know, if it's a loss of a person or they died, when they were here, What specifically did that person give me that no one else could? When they were here, when they were alive, or when they were in my life, what specifically did that person give me that no one else could? This helps you figure out the components of the loss, which sets you up for the next question, which I'll tell you in a minute. Uh, But knowing which components in your life that you believe you won't have anymore Helps you to know what you need to fulfill in yourself, either with another person or by yourself. I'm all about self-fulfillment. I'm all about loving yourself, knowing that you are worthy, knowing that you are important, even inflating that ego in a healthy way to feel good about yourself. And whenever you can, do that. But I'm also aware that people bring us happiness too. There are people that show up in our life that enhance our lives, that make our lives more fulfilling and more enriching. But when they're not around, it shouldn't make our lives sad and miserable. When that happens, we know there's something missing. So that's why it's important to understand the components, you know, which is the question when they were here, what specifically did that person give me that no one else could? Now, number six is if someone came along and gave me those exact same components that I am now missing, or at least in lack of, but they gave me those components and even more and maybe even better would the loss be as painful? This is an interesting question, so I'm going to read it again. If someone came along and gave me those exact same components, the ones I am missing, and even more, and maybe even better, would that loss be as painful? So this is a point where you just speak your truth, not what you believe you should say, like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. Just speak your truth. You may or may not come up with something surprising, or you may know the truth already and it's no surprise to you. But just speak your truth. I did this when my wife was divorcing me. I asked that same question. If someone came along that was just as attractive and loved me just as much and supported me just as much and everything was just as good, if not better, would I still feel this pain? And I had to answer honestly, no, because I was attributing the pain to her not being in my life. But when I asked myself that question, the answer surprised me It's like, well, if someone came along, it was just as attractive and maybe even more so. And we had a great time together and the sex was great, even better. And she supported me in ways even more. And she did more for me. I mean, I had all these thoughts about, well, what would happen if somebody came along and gave me everything that my wife gave me, but more that really shook me up a little bit. I was thinking, wow, that would be nice which helped me discover that all my pain is inside of me and it has nothing to do with her. I mean, that's kind of obvious too, but when you're experiencing the pain, you you tend to point at something and saying that's causing it. But when you realize the pain or the suffering is originating in you, it can make you feel better knowing that all you need to do is fill in those gaps. And I've again, I've terribly simplified that, but in a nutshell, If this person loved me this much and someone else comes along and loves me even more, which is very subjective, I know, but if that happened, would I feel okay? Well, and maybe in the love area, I might feel that, but I don't have anyone to watch movies with now. Well, if this person came along and said, not only do I love watching movies, um, I have a whole collection of movies. Would you like to watch them with me? Would I still feel a loss or would that be a gain? And so you start to ask yourself these little questions about each component that you're missing. As someone comes along and fulfills those components, does it make your life different? Again, my goal is to fulfill those in myself. Once you're able to fulfill those components in yourself, at least do the best you can, then you're not at the greatest loss that you normally might have been if that person leaves or dies. Doesn't mean you won't feel the pain just means that what was missing that was fulfilled by somebody else is now being fulfilled by you and everyone else now enhances your life instead of being relied upon to be the replacement for the missing things in your life. I hope that makes sense. Let's go to number seven. Number seven is asking yourself, why does this hurt? And again, you can't state the obvious observation. You have to look beyond that. You can't say, well, it hurts because they're gone. That's like saying, I'm angry because my car is totaled. You also can't stop at, I'm angry because it was too late before I saw the other car that had stopped. Because that doesn't give you the reason for the anger either. The stimuli is there. You know what triggered the series of events that led to your anger, but why did it trigger anger specifically? And I'm going to go into the next question with that in a moment, but ask yourself, why does this hurt? You just have to get past that obvious observation. And I put this in position seven instead of position one, because I wanted to help you loosen the grip of the emotional experience that you're having and that you've been repeating in your mind probably for days, weeks, or months or years. The idea is to start to break it apart, loosening the grip. And number eight is, like I said, leading to this next question of all emotions that got triggered. Why this one? Why not another one? And here is where some people will say, because that event made me angry or sad or upset in some way. This is why you need to ask yourself a deeper question, which is number nine. But again, I don't want to gloss over eight. Eight is of all emotions that got triggered. Why this one? So ask yourself that. Why this one? Why not another one? And so that's a weird question. Uh, May or may not give you too much. But number nine is what specifically about that event made me feel this way? So number nine is kind of on the cusp of the last one here. What specifically about that event made me feel this way? Name something that affects you so personally as if it were a direct threat to your personal well-being. This is where you need to use words like, I was afraid, I felt betrayed, I, I felt threatened, I felt belittled, worthless, unlovable, unimportant, useless, or whatever you're feeling. You're looking for words that activate your body. In a negative way. A good way to look at this is if I say the word sad. What feelings come over you? What thoughts do you have about the word sad? Is there an intensity to it? Is it light? Is it nothing? Is it deep? How about when I say sad because they're gone? Do you feel that? Do you feel it even more than you just felt? Do you feel it more intensely? What if I said Sad because they're gone and I won't be able to share my experiences with them again. I know this could be hard to hear if you're going through some pain right now, but I'm helping you connect deeper and deeper so that you can get to the source of the emotion. Why you feel it in the first place. And getting beyond the obvious observation. Because once you get beyond that and underneath it and dive right into it and dig it up, What you might find is it's something that you've been missing for a long time, something that has been maybe a pain point or an emotional deficit in you for a long time. I mean, a good example of that is the person that is really clingy and maybe possessive and jealous too, but let's just say that they're very clingy. They always want to be around the other person that they're with. They're just clingy and they're always calling and they're always making sure the other person knows they're there and always reminding them that they're there and maybe they're helpful and what the person is trying to do is stay connected to that person always getting the feedback that they're liked or loved yet the other person may not be in that space they may need some room they may need they may need to breathe yet they feel this clinginess and this neediness and this desperation and It's not like the person being needy is doing anything wrong or bad, but what usually happens is the other person becomes drained because that neediness drains them and then they'll start to distance themselves and act out or be upset or be angry and finally disappear and the needy person's like, don't leave me, don't leave me, Oh, and that's the worst pain in the world to them, but where is that pain from? Why are you in pain? And what you're going to find a lot of times, not always, but a lot of the times, what you'll find is that something was either missing when you were growing up or it wasn't healthy when you were growing up. For example, you know, my mom wasn't a big hugger when I was growing up. And she also spent a lot of time and attention trying to buffer us between our stepfather and the rest of us. So she was helping us avoid his violent temper and stuff. And so I learned to be the people pleaser because she was very much a people pleaser. But I also learned that I didn't feel like I had enough love and connection with my mom and that any day now I could be in danger. I mean, at least that's what I felt when I was a kid. I, I felt like I could be in danger at any time. So I don't know if this was a direct cause for me growing up as the people pleaser, the needy one, the jealous one, the possessive one, but I definitely was clingy. In many years of my life, I was so clingy. I didn't want to be away from the person I was with. I always wanted to be with them. I always wanted to know where they were. And so, you know, I was a big energy drain to some people in my life. And I'm mainly talking romantic partners here. And when they wanted to do something on their own, I felt abandoned. I felt hurt. I felt lost. But I can look at my past, look at my childhood, look at my upbringing, and notice times I felt that way too like I didn't get enough love, I didn't get enough attention, I didn't get enough hugs and start to understand where that came from and also start to learn how to fulfill that in myself, which is the goal. Like I said, the the goal, in my opinion, is to fulfill all these things in yourself so nobody else is relied upon or responsible to do it for you. That doesn't mean you can't get it from them, it just means you do it yourself enough so that when you're not with other people or when they leave you or they die, you don't fall so hard that you can't get back up. And in order to get back up, you need to have some of these gaps filled. You need to have some of this emotional deficit filled. And that comes from you. And if it wasn't instilled in you from childhood, that's where you know inner child work comes in. How much you know about that, but every now and then I'll talk about the inner child where I'll visit the child version of me inside my mind and ask him, what do you need? What didn't you get enough of? I don't think I'd ask him that specific question, but I'll just see him either playing or sitting and I'll ask him questions. How's it going? What do you need? Are you happy? And see what he says. And then when he tells me something that's upsetting him or something that might be missing, I will do my best to fulfill that. If he needs a hug, I'll give him a hug. I don't do that too often anymore, but I used to do this a lot because I was missing so much. I was missing so much of my childhood that growing up and not having it, I didn't know how to act around others. I just reached out to them and tried to get fulfilled by them. My point is there's a lot that we learn growing up that we take into our adult relationships and we look for from others when others may not be in the same space. You may not always be with a 100% giver if you're a 100% needy person, like a needy person always wants somebody else to give their time and attention or their love. It all sounds wonderful. I mean, it would be great if everyone always gave their love, but people need a break. People need balance. People need alone time. People need all kinds of things. And it took me about 30 years of relationships to figure that out. And then when I finally figured out, oh, when you go out with your friends, it's not that you're abandoning me. It's that you want to balance your life and have happiness. And I'm not the only source of that happiness, which I th- used to believe that you were the only source of my happiness. But once I let that go, because of this work, because of loosening the grip of what I thought was real, what I believed you should behave like in a relationship, it freed me and it freed them. And when people feel free to be themselves around you without any feeling of control or neediness or energy drain, they're going to want to be around you more and you end up getting what you originally wanted anyway because people love to feel free around the people they love. And if you can allow someone to feel free with you and they can allow you to feel free with them, the closeness is even more intense, more strong. So what starts off as maybe a dysfunction, if you want to look at it that way, of neediness and desperation turns into a healthy bond that keeps the relationship going when you're able to transform it by loving yourself, being self-compassionate, doing whatever you can to heal and doing whatever you can to fill in the gaps so that someone else doesn't have to do that for you. When you're in that space, that's when you transform the dysfunction into a healthy way to live and a healthy way to relate, in my opinion. I'm sure there's all kinds of avenues we can explore there, but I think you get the gist. And my whole point with this episode is to help you explore your inner turmoil or inner emotional pain and unpack it enough so that it loosens its grip on you. Because when you're carrying around something that you no longer want to carry around, or you're grieving, or you're holding on to guilt, or whatever it is, Breaking it apart and understanding its true nature, its true source, its true message for you helps you get out of the funk. It helps you get into a better space so that you can move forward and not only have a more fulfilling life, but have people around you be more fulfilled. And if you have any desire to see people around you more fulfilled, the best way you can do that is to start fulfilling yourself, is to start healing and learning about yourself and growing inside and doing whatever you can to address the negativity, address the pain, address the suffering, and fill in the gaps that you need to fill in. And I know it can be a journey. I know it can be a hard journey, but try not to deny it, try not to avoid it. Just dive right into it and see what's under there. See what else you're holding on to. When I do this kind of stuff, I always find some sort of thing that happened in the past and point my finger and say, oh, so if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have done this today. Not that I'm blaming the past, but that helps me associate and get me out of today saying, well, it's not their fault that I feel this way. It's my fault I feel this way because I haven't addressed that pain yet. I'm carrying that pain from when I was six years old. But them leaving triggered that pain, and now I'm diving in to find out what it's all about. So that's what these questions are for. When you can identify the specific deepest level reason that causes your body to feel bad I think you're close to the source if that didn't make sense when you feel emotional pain or suffering your body usually feels bad along with it. it it is the signal it's like oh I feel sad about that when you feel sad your body's gonna feel it it doesn't just happen in your brain that would be a lot easier your body usually feels it your body is the indicator your body is the transport for the messages that come your way and the body is a good gauge for you When you are working on increasing your emotional intelligence so that the suffering can be decreased and you can feel more enlightened, more enriched and less weighed down by any negativity that you might be holding on to. When we come back, I'm going to say my thank yous and some goodbyes and my final words about perhaps what you can do when you're close to the origin of the pain. When you finally discover, oh, there's the origin. Uh, Now what? (laughs) What do I do with this information? We'll be right back. We'll talk about that in a minute. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Overwhelmed Brain. I want to remind you to go to quietbegins.com and use the code Save now twenty to get twenty percent off the safe empowerment system for anxiety. Get the discount while it lasts over at quietbegins.com. And I want to thank anyone who's supporting the show through the patron program over at patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com. I am so grateful. If you found value in the show and you want to show your support, head over to patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com and you can choose to do a monthly donation or a single donation. And of course, if you join the program, you'll receive all the membership perks as well. Being in the patron program, you get private episodes, private workbooks and worksheets and a bunch of goodies in there that you can go through to help with your personal development and emotional evolution. Patron.theoverwhelmedbrain.com And speaking of loss, sometimes you can experience loss while you're in a relationship with someone because there's just a disconnect. There's an emotional disconnect or an emotional detachment. And that can feel like grieving the end of a relationship as well, even though the person's still there. This could be a sign that love is waning or it could be something deeper. It could be something that you need to explore. And if you don't know what's causing it, maybe you'll get some insight over at loveandabuse.com. Loveandabuse.com is where I have another podcast where I talk about difficult relationships and the emotional abuse that can occur in relationships and all kinds of things, control and manipulation, coercion, that will help you understand maybe what's going on in your relationship as well. So head over to loveandabuse.com. If you're having a challenge in your relationship and finally i'd like to thank kevin McLeod of incompetech.com for some of the music transitions in the overwhelmed brain now what i want to talk about during the what they call the outro here is what do you do when you're close to the origin of the pain let's just say that okay i figured out that my mom never hugged me when i was younger and that causes me to be super dependent and uh, jealous and possessive and clingy or one or all of the above What do I do with it? How do I change? I think the goal is to, like I said earlier, fulfill in you what can't be fulfilled by others any longer. And I don't just mean the people in your life today. I mean those you knew when you were a child. Whether it's your parents, your brothers and sisters, friends, family, whoever it was that you were looking for something for them to give either more of or any of you got to find ways to fulfill that in yourself. Not that that's the only solution, but that's one of the, I shouldn't say this, easier solutions. Because it can be hard to find a solution for something that you're missing in your life. Because a lot of us tend to look outside ourselves. We're looking at therapy. We're looking at our best friend to give us the best information they possibly can. We're looking at our partners and our relationships and our other friends and family to fulfill us in ways that we feel are lacking or missing and when we do that we have this reliance on other people that means other people always have to show up for you in a certain way and they may or may not be willing to do that or they may not be able to do that they may not have the capacity to do that which is why when we start showing ourselves self-love and self-compassion and trying to fulfill those gaps ourselves then we don't feel so reliant on others Again, it's not that you can't rely on others. It's just that when you do so, they may not be in the space that you need them to be in. And you can drive people away. You you can literally just drive them away because what you need, even though they might fulfill every now and then, they can't be the constant source of that. And so the idea is to look at your life and ask yourself, what is missing? What is missing that I need to fulfill? When I'm not with anyone else and no one else fulfills me, what is missing? I think this is one of the hardest parts of healing because so many of us are truly attached to other people to provide us what's missing or lacking in our lives. That doesn't mean we only have people around for that. We love others because they enhance our lives and make life richer. There's more variety, more experiences, experiences that you can't necessarily have alone. But we're also not with most people 24 hours a day. How do you feel when you're not with them for a period of time? Just like an hour how do you feel when you are free from others for an hour Is that okay is that something that's not a problem is or is the loss so strong it's like they abandoned you or because you know you'll see them again you don't think about it now if you have a difficult relationship I'm not talking about the host I'm talking about a kind of relationship that you love the person that you care about the person and if they were gone for an hour maybe you wouldn't feel the loss. If they were gone for a day, maybe, maybe not. If they were gone for a week, maybe you would. And maybe it would be so strong that it would start affecting your life. And if they were gone for a month or how about a year? Some people actually go through this. They understand it. They understand that my partner, my loved ones, my friends, they're going to be gone for a while and they get used to it. They know they're going to see each other again, so they get used to it. But what about that loss that you feel when someone's gone for a period of time or permanently? But if I came along and said, look, they're coming back tomorrow. What happens inside of you that fulfills you, that makes you feel better? Oh, I know I'm going to see them again. This is going to be great. Yeah, but what specifically is happening? What losses are being found? Because it's more than just seeing them again. It's something they do for you. It's a, it's a way they show up. It's the way they make you feel. But there are specifics in there that they provide that help you feel better. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have that thought process all the time, whether they come back or not, whether someone's in your life or not? I mean, what would life be like if you knew that everything was going to work out just fine and you knew that you would definitely see people again, even after they died? I mean, there's a thought. I mean, if, if somebody dies in your life, Some people are going to say, I know I'll never see them again. Other people say, I know I'm going to see them again. It depends on your beliefs and stuff. But I wonder if the people that know they're going to see the person again feel better. It may still be a loss today, but they know they're going to see him again. Like my friend that died uh, recently. She had a husband many years ago that also died. And she had to go through a lot of pain and grieving. And then she got cancer. And then she survived cancer. And then she got... Uh, more cancer and she had to go through a lot of suffering but every day she said I know I'm gonna see him again and that kept her going you know not everyone believes that not everyone believes we're gonna see that person again especially if you break up with someone they you know they don't die and they're off with someone else now we have pain now we have to explore this pain but that doesn't mean you won't see someone in their place That doesn't mean that you won't still feel what you felt when you were with them. See, that's my belief system around emotional pain. Is that our joy and our happiness and everything that we want in life is not necessarily attached to an individual or an event or a thing. I don't believe it's attached to those specific things. That's why when there's a breakup, when there's a loss, that someone else or something else can do a good job of fulfilling what is lacking or missing in you. Now, that doesn't mean you can replace your family members. I'm not saying that. You know, if you are if you lose your mom, it's hard to replace your mom. But there are other people that show up in a way that maybe your mom showed up that way as well. You You may not get your mom back, but there are some things that you can fulfill in yourself by allowing other people to show up in that way if they want to. And if you know people like that, Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't have anyone in your life that shows up like your mom does and that will be a loss, which is why it's, again, vital that you fulfill that in yourself. How did my mom show up for me or how didn't she show up for me and what can I do internally to start working on that, to start building it? Maybe it's your self-worth. Maybe it's your self-esteem. Maybe it's that you never felt validated or important and you just wanted acknowledgement or acceptance or just a hug. Sometimes we have to do that for ourselves. That's why I like to inflate your ego in a healthy way. I know I mentioned that earlier, but I have episodes where I talk about inflating your ego in a healthy way. I think that's important. That helps fill in the gaps. That helps increase what you're lacking in. So just remember things can and do work out, but sometimes you have to be an active participant in order for them to work out. And what that means is maybe you can eliminate some of the suffering or at least decrease some of the suffering by allowing yourself to connect with it and break it apart, loosen the grip and help you realize what might be missing now that this event has happened. What is missing? Like when I got divorced, what was missing in me after that? Well, I don't have anyone to spend my time with and share experiences with. Okay, uh, who can fulfill that? Or what can I do to fulfill that in myself? Well, I can go to experiences, but I still have no one to share it with. Well, then maybe I need to make a friend. Maybe I need to go online and start joining you know, groups and trying to connect with other people. And then my mind will kick in and say, but that's not a relationship. And I, you know, I'm not going to get the closeness and intimacy. Well, I might have to convince myself I got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere. You got to start at the first step. The first step might be saying hello to someone. It may not lead to a relationship. It may not lead to anything that you're looking at. But when you take that first step, you'll get the second one eventually. The only way to get to the second step is by taking the first step. You can't walk out your door and necessarily have everything you want. You kind of have to walk out your door and do the process. Get your keys in your hand. Start your car. Drive down the street. Go to this place. Say hello to someone. And... If that's all you say, then you go home and you start it again tomorrow. I mean, that's if you're looking for a friend. I'm just talking about this specific example where sometimes you just need to take the first step and don't expect everything to fall in your lap. Don't expect everything to just work itself out immediately until you've taken the first step. And I think the first step is always internal. What is missing in me? What am am I lacking? What do I need to work on? And then try to find ways to fulfill that And maybe you'll get to a place where you don't have any lingering emotional pain. But no matter what, just keep an open mind so that you're stepping into your power. This will help you be firm in your decisions and actions so that you can create the life you want. Always take steps to grow and evolve. You are powerful beyond measure. And above all, and this is something I absolutely know to be true about you you are amazing.